I'd like the opportunity to talk about our great friends at Grimley's, the number one source for fasteners and construction supplies in Melbourne. If you're on a construction site and need product urgently, then you can count on Grimley's Direct. Getting your orders to you on time, every time at speed with our fleet of Grimley's vans and trucks direct from us to you. It's that simple. Grimley's has been in the game for more than 30 years, earning a reputation built on grit, determination, and a focus on delivering the best sourced fasteners and construction supplies with a whatever-it-takes type attitude. Uh, whether it's a large commercial job, a small domestic little project, hard-working tradies need the right products at the right time. Grimley goes above and beyond to deliver on the details. Grimley's always aims for the best solutions to your products. Go to grimleys.com.au for delivery that you can count on. Brian, we're back. I've taken a little hiatus. Well, you have. What I've you been mean? working. You haven't. What are you talking about? Or oh, you've, you've you've stopped calling football and you've had a break. You've you've have, actually haven't worked in five weeks. Well, I haven't had a break. I've been flat out every day. Every day I've done something. Every day I've had something to do. You're um, so full of crap. <laughs> no, I'm telling you. Every day since the footy has finished, I have not had time to scratch myself. I'm, uh, in fact, I'm a Flat as a shit carter's hat, to tell you the truth. Why? That you're back at work with this? Well, I'm just having haven't had time to relax. You're a bit flat, are you? Even the holiday we went on was was uh, full on. Anyway, before we get into it, um, just want to thank our sponsors, Grimley's. Yes. We're proudly brought to you by Grimley's, the number one source for fasteners and construction supplies. So if you've just tuned in and you're wondering who Grimley's are, so Grimley's supply the building trade, the, the construction trade, right? Look at every who would one of their clients look be? at every multi-story Leightons or you know all those Multiplex big builders Canes and yeah. all of these people that build multiplexes that build big concrete buildings in the city. That's who they're supplying. Plus all the individual uh, smaller uh, builders around the around town as well. So they're they're great. They get it there same day. Yep, Grimleys. So thank you to Grimleys for sponsoring us for a few more episodes within this season. So we're very excited to to crack in. We're going. What do you do- want to talk about? Well, don't interrupt me. I'm no, going to get to it. You sound like you're going on a big uh, road to nowhere. Yeah, well, the road is leading to you telling us about what you've been doing. You said you've been doing something every day. Working. Give us, give us, give us. You, you said this week all you wanted to do. You're desperate to get home after having a week in town. Um, you wanted to go home and do what? Oh, light fires again. I, more um, fires to light. More fires at home. More, more tree pruning, as yeah. distinct from tree cutting. Um, what is the difference? Well, you, you've got to be careful. Cut the cut the actual trunk down. You probably need a permit to do that, but yep. we don't do that, so we just prune. Um, and uh, just starting to get on the mower. We jumped on the mower yesterday, and the thing clapped out on me after about five minutes. I was really pissed off about that because now I've got to get that fixed. It's been sitting there all winter looking at me. But anyway, so I've just been doing jobs around home, but I've done some lots of jobs in the city as well, and we had to go on this trip away as a family as well, which we had to, which, <laughs> which as the organisers of that trip was quite stressful. But yeah. anyway, you want to touch on that later? Yeah, well, we will touch on that now. But I was just, I just had a thought. You have someone who helps out at home. Um, talk me through this character. I don't know really anything about him, but he's he's a guy who's a little bit um, aloof. Billy. Billy, yeah, that's the one. I heard a phone call with you and Billy the other day. Give me a synopsis of Billy just quickly. Billy is a strange unit. Uh, Billy is a great guy. Billy I found on the streets. Billy has had a tough life. Yeah. Billy, 
I don't know his full story. I've sat down and spoke to him a couple of times, but what I do know is he's had a tough, tough life. He's a guy of about, I don't know, what would he be? Might, might be late 30s, maybe 40s. Got tats all over him, yeah. neck, the whole job. Still has so this his, is a person who's helping you out is, at Lawn, who it, helps it, you do like the fires. and once a week and just helps me do odd jobs. And he's a great worker and he deserves a chance. I don't think he, looking at him, because he's only got about a good 45 minutes in him before he's got a rest for about so, 20. So he's, yeah, he hasn't he got the stamina. For, stamina's not good. But I don't think he's worked for maybe 10, 15 and re- reliability out of 10. Reliability, it's- we're building on that. Um, he he has had more excuses in four weeks than you could possibly imagine anyone. But I'm being very – people would think I'm very short and patience is limited. I am being very patient with him because I'm trying – oh, that's my phone. Usually, I'm we, trying usually to, we turn those off. I'm trying to give this kid a go um, and help him. Back yep. through his issues because I know he loves loves doing it, loves chainsawing, loves getting out there mowing lawns, all that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm just I I just get great self satisfaction out of helping someone like that. Like no one else has been willing to take him on. Hmm. That's what it appears to me. There's been a few. Is he a lawn local or he's a, he's from Wye River, um, born and bred in Wye River, and that's all he knows. I don't think he's been out of the neighbourhood uh, at all. Yeah. Um, so he's hung around the Otway. So. Yeah, he's he's been good, and we'll give him a go. And um, and even though he's let me down probably five out of the seven times so far, <laughs> um, I'll stick I'll stick with him at this. But stage. he gets remunerated. He he gets paid, and you know he does a, a good job. He's a hard worker, or yep. is he not a hard worker? Yeah, no, he's a very hard worker, yep. very hard worker. But he's got a forty-five minute tank in him. Um, we need to fill that tank up so it can last uh, eight hours. Yeah, well, it's it's good to see you've got patience for someone because you never had it for us when we were doing those well, jobs. We're... Unpaid, by the way, slave labour. You, you on giving... the farm, we're the cleanest farm of all time, and you guys looked at it and went, "Why is it clean?" You actually didn't know, but all those times up the I made you pick up sticks. And you hated picking up sticks. Yeah, because it was bullshit. You said, is, oh, we want to go learn a new skill, you know, learn how to build a sticks. table or something. You're just like, oh, yeah, yeah, you can come and help me. What, what are we doing today? Oh, yeah, we're going to do eight hours of picking up sticks. That makes the place look good. <laughs> a crisp, nice farm with no sticks on the ground under trees looks fantastic. You need to get that in your head first and foremost. All right. What's... Anyway, yeah, moving on. So we went on, we had to because, you know, it was an obligation that we went on a family holiday. Mm. Um, um, you can maybe talk us through where we went and who who was involved, but we went to a place called Orpheus Island. Yep, very exclusive, very nice. We're not used to nice things. We no, this like, was once in a ten or fifteen year holiday. Yeah, it's off the coast of Townsville, exclusive island resort, and it was like genuine paradise. One of the best holidays I've ever been on, but a bit weird because it was mostly well. We made it good, and, and you see that you would have went up there and not even known why it was good. You would have come back with your thumb up your bum and gone, "Gee, that was yeah, great. Why I, was that great? Absolutely. Well, I'll tell you why. It was great because there are only 28 people allowed on the island at any one time. So we booked out all 28 beds. Um, we took my my family, uh, Grimley's came with their family and a heap of others, a uh, heap of other couples came as well. So but mainly, so the Grimley's family, so that uh, the Brett who founded Grimley's has Sam and Hannah and they both have partners. Yep. So their family's there and then the Barhams have one child, Charlie. Yep. Other than that, there was no other kids. So the rest are made up well, of- Four tailors. Yeah, and the, the rest are made up of, you know, 60, 65 plus couples. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we hand selected them because the thing about booking out the whole <laughs> island, number one, one is you want to own the island because if you own the island in terms of every bed on it, in other words, there's no one else that you don't know there, you own the menu. You can do whatever you want. You own the bar. You own the pool. You own the volume and the music. 
you own when you want to go snorkeling, you own when you want to go fishing, when you want to sit here, when you want to do that, what time you want to eat, what time's breakfast. And you know? boy, did you make it hard for the staff. We, you, you, you own it. So that's the good thing about booking out the entire island. So then you've got to get... 28 people. Now, our families don't make 28. So then you've got to go. And remember, you've got to book a year in advance. So it's a huge gamble. You know, you put all this money down, thousands and thousands of dollars. Are you going to get your money back if someone pulls out? You're not. Um, so it's a it's a huge gamble. But we've got people to go. Uh, Wayne Richardson, the former captain of Collingwood, yep. uh, his partner Nat were there. Um, we had a builder from Barwon Heads, Brian Andrews, who who owns the, um, the Barwon Heads Brewing Company down there. Yep. Um, who else did we have? So these are all hand-selected. You, you pick these with, Ricky with, 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 along with a committee. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> got to be The selection process the chew, is... The choices? Uh, the selection process is prickly Yeah, because everyone has to get on with everyone. And if some you, of these people don't know each other as well, yeah, and you got to be sure. So it was a, it was a long, long and strict selection process. And you're in charge of that. Why were you in charge of that? I wasn't always in charge. The, the Grimlers might have been in charge a little bit as well. But um, we just have to get the right people there. Otherwise, you're going to have a shit house time. Anyway, we've got the right people there. We've got a heap of uh, people. Come, who else was there? I can't remember. Who do pe- who would people know? Um, I don't think they'd know anyone else. No, I think they're okay. just no no name. Operators well, that are really good, good, good really people. Good people. Not names. Anyway, it was a great time because we owned the island. Had a fantastic. I think it's one of the best trips I've ever been on. Orpheus yep. Island. Um, it sounds expensive, and yes, it is expensive. And remember, this is something we've done. We've never been really on a family holiday in the last 10, 15 years. We've all been together. So this is something you do once every now and then. So am I allowed to say the prices? If you want. Well, they can look it up online. Yeah. People it, can look it up online. What, what I think it, it works out about $1,100 per person per night, right, mm. which sounds a lot and and it is a lot. But when you consider it's all, it's all food supplied at a five-and-a-half-star rate, it's all drinks supplied 24 hours a day, really good quality stuff, spirits included. Um, you know, all of your snorkeling, all of your fishing, absolutely nothing left to pay. Everything is included. So when you think about that from a daily point of view, if you're going on a normal holiday to Bali or to the States or wherever, food alone per day for three meals a day be costing you 500 bucks. Yeah. Right? So all of a sudden... You know, it's not that expensive. It's when pretty you... expensive. And we we're very, very lucky. Like yeah. it was an incredible, yeah. incredible experience. So I'll just... tell you what wasn't included. There was no gym and there was one little walking path that was yeah. non-runnable. It's a very small So island. for someone who enjoys exercise, you guys didn't care, couldn't care less. You were just sipping cocktails all day sitting by the pool. But yeah. I was going mental. Yeah. We had to we, – we brought a bunch of gym gear and the other – so – yeah. I, I took over two pitching wedges and 20 golf balls and we just uh, stroked them between the coconut trees. Yeah. And so how did you feel with um, – there was a few of us getting around in budgie smugglers. Did that make you feel yeah, a Yeah, budgie smugglers was uh, uncomfortable. There was, you were the one getting around on the budgie smugglers. And Sam, was, Sam was as well. And Sam. Sam was very high on confidence. We did ask everyone he looked to, good though. to cover up uh, if they possibly could. So, yeah. So that was Orpheus. It was great, great fun and – uh, you, I'm not done with Orpheus, by the way. Right. You, you were else? making it a living hell oh. in a good way. You're making the experience very good for those participants who are on the island, the survivors, we'll call them. But yeah. the staff, you had them whipped into an absolute frenzy. There was one night where we set up for a, a dinner. They, were, they would set the tables at about 5 o'clock and they were, all, were almost ready to sit down for dinner and you're gone, 
this isn't what, what was what was in the itinerary. No, this is right. not what was scheduled. Move the we're, tables we're supposed to be out on the lawn under the coconut trees. Under the coconut trees, is one line line watching the sunset instead of in a building where we can't see the sun. So you demanded that they move all I the didn't tables. Demand thirty they, tables and chairs. All they had to do was look at the itinerary, and they would have gone, "Oh, we've done this wrong." Anyway, yeah. we we were patient. We let them move the tables. We helped them move the tables. You in did fact. not. I did. You you sat there and anyway. So you, you get what you uh, you get what you order, but sometimes they but, forget. But anyway. You were on a family holiday in like picture the most paradise like location, um, palm trees, as you said, beautiful beach, and you had absolutely zero chill. There was no relaxing. Every moment we had to be doing something or you had to be organising something for someone else. Yep. What's the go with you with that? You just can't sit down. Well, I just like to see people having fun. So if someone doesn't organise it, you know what? No one will. That is a, that is a fact. So, so think yeah. of that. If I didn't organise the quiz night, if I didn't organise the scotch tasting night, Which was if I didn't organise feeding the fish, if I didn't organise the chip, the wedges none with some golf happen. balls, none of this would have happened. You it would wouldn't have, gone, have happened to a great extent. This is where did. you don't understand. You would have gone over there and said, what a shit holiday this is. Well, mate, I'm telling you, shit holidays don't happen naturally. They happen with hard work and people thinking ahead about what's happening. Yeah. You went up there with your eyes shut and and, and just thought it, all, it was all going to happen. no. Even on a holiday, you've got to work to make it good. Yeah. I, you know the thing I get the enjoyment out of is seeing other people have fun. So if I'm working a little bit, which I still had fun. What was your favourite part of the trip? For, for eating and drinking. Any specific moment or anything like that? Or? Um, not really. Uh, what about your grand, seeing your grandson playing the pool? Or, grandson playing in the know, pool, starting matter. to walk. Uh, yeah, really it was all right. That. It, yeah. it was good. He was good. Probably had his first steps or something like that. Like, well, yeah. yeah, he took his first steps up there. That was interesting watching that. But uh, you've got a lot of people to look after. You can't just uh, look at the grandson. Well, my favourite thing is, and I have absolutely no idea about this stuff, but and it's like it's, it's a bit of an eco-resort and some of the reefs around here, because it's near the Great Barrier Reef, but we didn't, we didn't go all the way out because it's quite it's a long way out. It's about halfway out to the reef. Yeah. But we, we went out snorkelling um, and I've never really been – doing much snorkeling, always in the water, but never done much snorkeling. But apparently near this Orpheus Island, there's the best, and one of the best in the world, fringe reef systems. Do you know what that is? No. It's where the coral is. It's beautiful. And it was just a very beautiful experience well, seeing and, the little fish. I and went and died coral. on that coral and I was disappointed. Yeah. Couldn't see a bloody thing, spawning crap everywhere. Well, because the coral was spawning that day yeah. and the water was quite murky because of the spawning coral. I yeah. learned a lot. Yeah, I don't know a, what any of it means. Anyway. But that's how the uh, the coral grows. Jesse, I guess. the youngest son, caught a mackerel, but it wasn't allowed to land it because of some spawning rule or something. Yeah, yeah. We we went out fishing, and yeah. the only fish we caught on the line was this massive Spanish mackerel. Like I'm talking, the boat guy said it was the biggest he'd ever seen. He brought it up, and that was literally the main fish that we weren't allowed to catch that day. Yeah, so we so had, we to, had put to release it. Didn't actually get landed in the boat. So yep. uh, yeah, so the spawning wasn't uh, very timely. But anyway, we're, we're going to go back there. And is that one of the best holidays you've been it's on? It's one of the best trips I've ever been on, I think. What What is the best? Is that not the best? Ooh, the family, not good enough? South America was pretty good. We went yep. uh, a couple of times to South America. That was a great, that was more of an adventure than it was yep. a holiday. This this was a bit more of a holiday. But um, so I'd like, I don't like holidays. I like adventures. 
I'm still uh, adventuring. You are I'm, so I'm still to learning. With. So I'm I'm not interested in lying on the beach and sitting there and and whispering sweet nothings in Tanya's <laughs> ear. I'm uh, interested in hey mate, let's go and do something. Ah uh, yes, half time in this episode of the Life of Brian. Now I'd like to give this message. I'd like the opportunity to talk about our great friends at Grimley's, the number one source for fasteners and construction supplies in Melbourne. If you're on a construction site and need product urgently, then you can count on Grimley's direct. Getting your orders to you on time, every time at speed with our fleet of Grimley's vans and trucks direct from us to you. It's that simple. Grimley's has been in the game for more than 30 years, earning a reputation built on grit, determination, and a focus on delivering the best sourced fasteners and construction supplies with a whatever-it-takes type attitude. Uh, Whether it's a large commercial job, a small domestic little project, hardworking tradies need the right products at the right time. Grimley goes above and beyond to deliver on the details. Grimley's always aims for the best solutions to your products. Go to grimleys.com.au for delivery that you can count on. And what about the time when you did do something, I think with probably back in the Channel 9 days when you hired a boat with a a bunch of those boys, Gary Lyon. Yeah, that goes close to that holiday because what what we did was we we hired a boat – um, which cost us, I think, about ten thousand a day or something. So it was who, very who expensive. Uh, there was Sam Newman, Gary Lyon, James Brayshaw, myself, Jason Dunstall, Billy Brownless, Danny Frawley. So we call that think, we call that the heavies of the AFL media. Yeah, especially that, that time. That would have been like they were all in their peak at this particular time. Um, it's pretty much the footy show. And we hired it, and uh, it was a big hundred foot boat, and we all arrived there, and there was a fight over the main stateroom, and. Uh, Sam ended Sam up, would have got that. He got it based on age, um, and uh, and and that was a great trip. I come away from that trip. So we only did I think four nights, but that was the single best trip I'd ever been on up until that stage. In fact, I rung Tanya and stayed away and said we got to do this one day. But it's just so costly that you can't afford to do it unless you've got mm. other people helping you raise the funds. So that that was probably the best. That was out of Hamilton Island. Any stories from um, that trip? Uh, a lot of stories. I remember the very first lunch that was served on that boat and we're all sitting around. We're all big eaters. You met Spud, you know, the chief. Uh, myself, Gary Lyon, James Brayshaw, a bit squat. He probably wouldn't eat as much, but we're all we're all sitting around there, and the and that we had a cook on board, and we had a sports person and the skipper and everything. You had a sports anyway, person. Anyway, they they served a little quiche about the size of a, a party pie, um, and uh, I remember Sam uh, taking one look at the quiche and going, "Excuse me, ma'am, uh, who, the waitress, uh, could you please get the chef out here, please?" Uh, <laughs> so we uh, Sam summoned the chef to uh, immediately to the dining table, which was a very salubrious surrounds, and um, and he said to the chef, he said, "Now listen, if you ever serve something as small as this again in volume." Uh, he, he, you will be thrown overboard and you won't be coming back with us. And from that point in time on, we got the massive big meals. Big <laughs> um, because they're used to serving petite little, you know, nibbles to yeah. to people over 85. Well, we're all big uh, eaters. They haven't had the heavies on board. And, um, you know, uh, I had to ask to get some Corona put on board. I'm not sure the skipper thought how many we needed. But anyway, so that was that was an absolutely fantastic holiday. I remember Brayshaw, I think, had just joined the group at that stage and I remember we all decided to gang up on him and we got 
close to this beach and we got the little boat out and we went onto the beach to play beach cricket. You know how you skim the ball off the water? Yeah, well, boba. And, okay. and we'd all decided that we were just going to pound Brayshaw <laughs> with the beach ball. You know, the, So we made him bat continuously even though he got out. We just said, no, stay in, JB, because uh, Dunster was, you know, skimming him through and Brownless was skinning him through and we just pounded him um, and just absolutely gave him one stage on the boat the chief, being the strong man, he had Brayshaw by the ankles, upside down, and hung him <laughs> over the side of the boat and threatened to drop this him. Sounds like a footy trip. How old were you guys? Oh, you would have been in your forties. It was unbelievable. I do remember one night we got a bit pissed off. Um, we're out. We'd been out three nights, and we we lacked company. We needed to speak to people, so we decided we'd go back into Hamilton Harbour. And we, we moored at Hamilton Harbour and there was a nightclub on this particular night and we had a three or four grand left in the kitty. We thought, well, let's go and spend the three or four grand at the nightclub. So well, in we go to the nightclub and we're all in there and we're all pretty uh, pretty pretty going well. And I, I remember that we spent – the guy tapped me on the shoulder and said, the four grand's gone. And I said, okay, uh, right, no worries. Anyway, we all got home. I got home about five in the morning – and I got to sleep at, and I was asleep about 5.30. All of a sudden there's this uh, thunderous knock on my door. It's the captain of the boat. He's saying, Brian, and I was the organiser of the trip. He's saying, Brian, you've got to get up. The marble statue's at the bottom of the ocean. I said, what are you talking about anyway? He said, the marble statue, which was life, which was life size, that was inside the, the door of the boat, had disappeared overboard oh, and a rather man. large man with a hairy chest was responsible for throwing it overboard. Which one? <laughs> and that was Danny Frawley, of course. <laughs> He'd picked it up, bear-hugged it and threw it overboard. So <laughs> at 6 o'clock in the morning, we're scuba diving half-knackered for the marble statue at the bottom of the ocean. Isn't it super dangerous to yeah, s- scuba dive? it is. <laughs> anyway, we got a rope around, and, uh, around its head and got hoisted it up the next day. We just, uh, we just uh, made sure we secured it. And we'd finished the hoisting of the marble statue statue that spud through overboard for, for no apparent reason at about 6.37 a.m. And we're on the bow of the boat, uh, which is overlooking Hamilton Harbour, Hamilton Island Harbour. And all of a sudden we see Sam Newman in his jocks. That's all he's got left on. <laughs> Nothing else. Not one other bit of clothes. No shoes, no socks, no shirt. Just his jocks walking the streets of Hamilton Island. Not you wouldn't knowing, be surprised if that was a normal thing for him to do, I guess. <laughs> not knowing where the where his boat was, and we, it's right in front of him, and he couldn't see it. <laughs> he was absolutely off his tree, and he's wobbling around, and we had to get him back on board. So that was probably uh, one of the best trips I've been on on, yeah. on on the private boat. Back before we move on, just by on. the way, we played Scrabble in pairs. The, the highlight of the trip was probably the Scrabble. Spud and I teamed up as one double, and we played Sam Newman and Jason Dunstall in Scrabble. Now, Sam yep. Newman and Jason Dunstall, incredibly high intellect. Yep. Individually, put them together, and they are the two smartest guys in the world. You Against were, Spud and I. With a combined IQ at about 60. Yeah, neither of us had finished any formal schooling or since achieved any tertiary education at all. And... I remember we got they were they were having six letter words just about every time they were getting 30 and 40 points for every time and it got to one point where and Sam has actually got this on tape he he taped it where Spud and I all we could come up with was Moo, M double O. That was our best word. Was a cow. Moo. <laughs> a 
So that was the uh, that was the trip away. One of the great trips that I've got. I have got a twenty maybe thirty minute video of that entire trip. I don't think that's allowed to. Which be would in no, the there was nothing nothing unforeseen that happened on that okay. on that. We should trip. publish it. That ah uh, yes, half time in this episode of the Life of Brian. Now I'd like to give this message. I'd like the opportunity to talk about our great friends at Grimley's, the number one source for fasteners and construction supplies in Melbourne. If you're on a construction site and need product urgently, then you can count on Grimley's Direct, getting your orders to you on time, every time at speed with our fleet of Grimley's vans and trucks direct from us to you. It's that simple. Grimley's has been in the game for more than thirty years earning a reputation built on grit, determination, and a focus on delivering the best sourced fasteners and construction supplies with a whatever-it-takes type attitude. Uh, whether it's a large commercial job, a small domestic little project, hardworking tradies need the right products at the right time. Grimley goes above and beyond to deliver on the details. Grimley's always aims for the best solutions to your products. Go to grimleys.com.au for delivery that you can count on. Would make a... An incredible TV show. An incredible TV show. I, I might even be 30 or 40 minutes. I don't know, but it's all filmed. I've got it all on a tape and it's never been seen anywhere, but it would be fantastic. That. I must send it to those guys as a memory. Yeah, you should do that. Hmm. Um, just back one thing back on Orpheus. So to get to the island, you either need to go by ferry or by helicopter. Yes. There's different size helicopters that yes. take people and then therefore there's the, the amount of people that can go on there. And there so, are weight limits, whether so, it be luggage or the individual. Yes. So I had to go on a four-week diet to get on the you chopper. You were shitting yourself and so, you went right to the wire with the weight limit. So we had to we had a, we could only be a gross of two hundred and forty kilos between us. That should be fine between how many people? So I I weighed one hundred and twenty nine point five, and I think uh, Grimmer weighed uh, one hundred and twenty five. So we're a good nine fourteen kilos over a, about four weeks out. Yep. So I go into full soup mode diet. And I trim off a quick. You, you eight, didn't. You didn't eat since probably no, mid-August. Eight <laughs> or nine kilos I lost to get on the chopper because the chopper wrote back and said, "We will be weighing you before you get on if you do not both weigh under 120 or a gross of 240 combined. We will not let you on the chopper, and you'll be forced to pay an extra three grand to get the bigger chopper." <laughs> and so we got to the airport, and we're about. Uh, we're one day because we spent one night in Townsville. We one we weighed ourselves. You were really nervous the night before, like you were not eating. I you was were asking me what I, to do, and I we were a, like, "Let's get a sauna, yeah. get you on like a echo well, bike." Because I weighed, we weighed in at the airport. I was one hundred and twenty one point five, and Brett was one hundred and twenty point nine. So we, we, was, were, we were preparing for a, a full weight cut, two or three kilo a over. UFC weight cut. So we, we are looking for a sauna urgently. And <laughs> we were looking up I saunas. I went and brought some large uh, Glad wrap garbage bags to to get into the sauna and sweat it up, which we did at the hotel. Here we are, both sitting in the sauna with glad bags around us. We lost the three kilo and we both weighed in at 120 kilo <laughs> the next day and we got on the chopper and away we went. Yep. Let's and, move on. We and, didn't talk and on any, the way back? We didn't talk any footy? Yeah. We did, went on the bigger chopper. We, did, we, we put on five kilo each. Yeah. But right. there was no weight limit because it was a bigger chopper. Oh, well, that's easy then. So mm. you didn't, you, did you put on any weight on the trip? Five kilo. So yeah. I was there for five days and I put on five kilo, a kilo a day. Yeah. I ate. That's not bad because I reckon I ate four kilo of food each day. To only put on <laughs> one kilo each day is quite remarkable. That's remarkable effort to do so. Oh, we <laughs> ate like kings. Yeah, we did. We anyway. did. 
Um, do you want to talk footy or do you want to keep talking trash? Wh- whatever you want, but yeah, let, let's, let's do footy. Let's move along. Yeah, you wanted to talk about the Melbourne Football Club and sort of what's going on there in recent news. Oh, just what's happened there. Keep it light. The, the way they – I don't know whether this is light. But Melbourne Footy Club, I was shocked, number one, to – first of all, let's talk about the way they handled it. So they decided with all of the things that have gone on at Melbourne over the last 12 months or since their last premiership, in fact, many, many things. It appears they have a culture problem. It appears they have problem controlling their players, right, because there's all sorts of things going on there. And then they decide that they're going to all get together and go on um, SEN radio station with Gary Lyon and Tim Watson on the on their breakfast program and that's how they're going to release it. They're going to have Gary Perth there and Simon Goodwin, and they're going to answer all questions. Well, is that is that, congratulations to Gary and Tim because it made news everywhere. Number one, and SEN for 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 being the the publisher of it all. But what a strange decision to go on a radio show and do it. I guess there's no, in fairness, there's no football shows on at the moment, so there's nowhere else to publish it. I guess other than newspapers, but. I, I would imagine the way that that went would have been Gary and um, Goody and Purdy all talking to each other about how um, how this was going to pan out. I wouldn't be surprised whether the questions were already proposed to them. This is what we're going to ask you. You answer however you want. But that's that's the way I look at it anyway. For, for, for Which go- is a safe for, way to do it. You can yeah, see why they want to do it They want to control. Way. But yeah. for Goody, I think it was Goody. Or it might have been Purdy actually. For them to say they haven't got any sort of culture problem there or any issue with that is, is just mind-boggling with what's going on there at the moment. And remember, what we've heard – is probably only a small component of what actually has happened and what they've covered up behind the scenes as well. But what do you want them to say? Do you want them to say we do have a culture problem? Like they, no, yeah, I don't I, think they're going to do that. I guess so. That, that's what. What else are they going to say? They're going to come out and try and win the next. What does honesty look like? Yeah. yeah, it's it's a weird thing. But for them not to say that they didn't have a problem, I think is uh, is a bit pie in the sky. But uh, yeah, I, I I just think. Let me tell you one thing about the Melbourne Footy Club. On field, you know, I know things aren't going well off field. I think they have too many selfish players. That's that's what I think about the Melbourne Footy Club. When you look at it, and when I say selfish, I'm talking the tiny little things. I'm not talking big time selfish. Don't misconstrue it. I'm talking the tiny little things that when you get to the pointy end of the season, matter. So when you're one of the last four teams remaining in the competition prelim final week, little tiny things matter. You know, the, the willingness to give the ball... Uh, to the first person in the yeah. right position is. So you're is, talking footy acts. You're not talking personalities. Yeah, or, yeah. And right. I just, I just look at you know a few of them. I look at um, Pickett, who, who, who doesn't give it a lot. I look at Fritch, who probably is is similar. I look at Oliver, who kicks the ball a lot. He's he's not a bad kick, but he's the world's best handball. Right. He's an incredible handball. He is an incredible handball. I want to see him if I'm the coach. I want to see him utilise that skill more than the kicking skill. The kicking skill is something that he's still good at, but he's not absolutely elite at, right? So I want to see that. You know, Petrarca a little bit as well. Uh, Even, say, Max Gorn. Max Gorn's a ruckman. He's the best ruckman in the competition, right? He's the number one. He's proved that over and over again. I don't necessarily want to see Max kicking a lot. I want to see him giving the ball off to those around him and – and utilising that part of his game rather than the kicking part of his game. So I'm just wondering whether these – I assume that these things are being told to the players down there. Maybe the hierarchy and the coaches think differently to me, but as a quick look, that's what I would notice instantly, hmm. that, you know, you need to play to everyone's strengths um, and I'm not sure that that's happening at the moment.
Yep. On a positive note with the Melbourne Football Club, they were announced as the, I think it's called the McClellan Trophy, Trophy yep. which is the combined AFLW and AFL yep. um, end of the season So their women won? Yep. And oh, then... they need to, it depends on this weekend's games. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, but, yeah, it's the highest end of season There's money points. for that, is there not? There's a million dollar payout. for million dollars. I think spread evenly across the boys and girls, so that's wow. pretty exciting. Yeah. 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 Um, one other thing, it was I, I don't know why I'm announcing this, but I do have a story birthday this week. Yours? Oh, yeah, well, you actually was didn't, it your birthday? Yeah, well, I didn't. You didn't forget, so don't act surprised. Thirty first of October, Halloween baby. Yeah, that's yep. right. Um, we had I just very ad hoc. What are you bringing? You thought I'd do something for my birthday because no one else bloody organised anything. You could be fucked. So, well, mate, what what birthday is it? How old? Twenty eight. But well, there's no milestone in twenty. Hang on, let me see if it rings. 28. There's no ring in 28. There's no. Do you need a ring? 30, or is it, what is it? Can't 40, we just do 50, 20? There's nothing. <laughs> 28. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I thought I'd just get a few of my very close family and friends together. We'd yes. go down to the Fitzroy Bowls Club, yes. which was awesome. We nailed the day. Yeah. It was the only good day in two weeks of bad days. Bowls were terrible, but anyway. The actual bowls. I won bowls. No, but the actual balls. Balls, yeah. Balls. Okay. Yep. Um, we had a barbecue there. It was great. Afterwards, we went to my favourite Vietnamese place on Brunswick Street, Viet Rose. Yeah, which is um, pretty ordinary. Yeah, go it's, on. It's like an ordinary place, but it's yeah. your, what you want out of a you know yeah. Asian yes. food store that's cheap, yeah, takeaway yeah. type yeah, yeah. thing. I get and it. We're there. We're, we're there with 30 people and... The first issue that we have before oh. going in there is there's no split bills. So what it was, you walk up there and there's 30 people, right? No split bills. And I'm thinking, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to get lumbered with this because the first thing the, the lady says to me when we walk in and 30 people, she said, now, Brian, there's no split bills here. And I said, well, listen, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to split it. There won't be 30 <laughs> different splits, but there will be maybe 10 or 12 splits of the bill and that that, that will be happening. If, and this conversation went around in circles. You would say this to her leave. and then she would go, yeah, okay. And then she would say, but we, there's no split bills, so that would be splitting the bill, so we can't do that. <laughs> and then you go, okay, but we'll do it in groups. Yeah, we'll, and we'll split, split the, the bill in groups. groups. We'll do it in groups of three or four. And then we arrived and there was we had two lots of 15 seated tables yeah. and she, and you said, okay, now we're going to split the bill yeah. just by two. Yeah. You're going to pay for this table and I'm going to pay for that table. And she said... We don't do split bills. And you were pretty adamant that you were going to get her across the line. And what happened at the end of the night? You ended up just folding. And <laughs> I, I paid for the night. And thank you very much. It was very, I very generous. I paid for the night. It would have cost I you 200, 200 get, bucks or something. Knew, but. No, it was a 1000 Was it 2000 or a 1000 I think it was $1,000, Harrison. We'll, thank you we'll very get much. We'll you paid back. All your skunky mates... Are there and I'm. Had I'm to pretty pay sure for half of your family was there as well. <laughs> but anyway, there's also more to this story around. We weren't at a Chinese restaurant, but you know, at the, some of these Asian, Vietnamese, Chinese fusion places, it's called Viet Rose, but they have a lot of Chinese things on the menu. Sweet and sour pork. Sweet and sour. <laughs> you beat me to the punchline. Oh, is that the punchline? <laughs> well, just the way you go in and <laughs> you're looking at the menu. I said to them, given you, the fact I was going to get stuck with a bill, I'm ordering. And you were just confessing. After you'd order it, you're confessing your love for sweet and sour pork. And what else What else would you get at a, an Asian restaurant? 
Give me get fried rice. Fried, special fried rice. <laughs> and you're ordering for everyone. Yeah, so I've, you're, I've had to order for both tables. Because you wanted to split the bill <laughs> and not make it complicated. Yeah. And Jesse was trying to get up and order his own oh, thing. Oh, Jesse, the little pipsqueak over there. He him and his mates were trying to get out of it for 10 bucks a head. They were saying, Dad, we're only having that little bit of rice and a fish finger. You know, and, and I'm thinking, no, mate. You're, fish finger. You're, you're up for one thirtieth of the price. <laughs> yeah. And how many uh, – there was no fried wontongs. But what was the – oh, you had the quail. You had to try the quail. The quail. Well, the quail come out cut in half, but it needed to be cut into eights. Yeah, because, because, because otherwise, and it was just two gonna, wings between yeah. eight people. Anyway, we got away with it. Yeah, you got away with it. But thank you very much for a lovely birthday. I'm very, very grateful to have you guys yep. in my life. So appreciate that. Any other news in terms of what's going on in our world? Uh, no, uh, not Jordan. The, Jordan uh, back. Uh, yeah, Jordan's back. One of the uh, one of the other sons. He's back from his European vacation of some four or five months. We're trying to get him on the show. Him and his mate um, Josh, and also uh, um, uh, what's Dion. his name, Dion Prestia, yep. uh, all went away together. We're trying to get them in. Uh, they're very shy. He seems very. But we want to. We, we want them to come back. Well, he is flat because yeah. his life's ended, according to him. But we want to get him back to talk because all you guys between the ages. Of twenty and thirty-five, go on these European trips, and we want them to come and tell us what the best parts of their yeah. of the trip were. Because there's so many young Australians every year going at this time of the year. We want recommendations, um, tips, yeah. places to go. He experiences. told me that Albania was his favourite country of all isn't time. That, isn't that incredible? He said yeah. it was absolutely sensational. Albania is the new hot spot. Yeah. I mean, it's been Croatia. Um, or as Mum says, Croatia. Croatia. Uh, uh, it's been Croatia uh, of recent, uh, the recent decade. But yep. Albania. But I think is... they're really worried that we want to get them on here and tell story. Like I don't no. think they could tell any of their stories. We just it's want more them about... to be tourist guides. Yeah, tourist yeah. guides, and they would be pretty funny tourist guides. So this is, in fact, a sell. If you're listening, which you should be, yep. come on the show. It'll come be on. fun. Come on, boys. Get um, on. Melbourne Cup. We know nothing about racing, no. but everyone will Wouldn't probably. Even, end up... I don't even know how to put a bet on. Yeah, I have Melbourne to do it Cup. for you, and I'm not a punter either, no. but um, do you have any knowledge of the Melbourne Cup? I don't have an Cup? account. I don't know who's running in it. What I'll do is we're, we're going to Walhalla and um, we have a kel cutter up there. We'll, we'll draw it out yeah. of the hat and we'll get yeah. a horse and we'll see if it wins. And we might. When, when you bet on the Melbourne Cup, you wouldn't bet on any other the races in, in, in no. on the day. Do you have a strategy on how you pick a horse or do you actually look at, oh, I like that jockey or that trainer? Or, or... I, 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 I guess historically I've liked jockeys. Yeah. You know, I like the big name jockeys because I like to see them. I'd love to yeah. see Damien Oliver yeah. win something before he fully retires. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see that. So, no, my strategy is to look at the odds. It's so hard and to pick. pick something that's at about sort of 10 or 15 or 20 to 1 so that if yeah. you are going to win, Some you're going to win something decent. Yeah. I remember when – I shouldn't be saying this because I was probably underage, but um, when I would have a few dollars on a horse on the Melbourne Cup, I'd get my older brother to put it on or something. It was always just based on, oh, I like that horse's name. And now when I look into it and I'm looking at it, I'm sort of studying the horses and, oh, you know, that jockey's good or that trainer's good. You look too far into it and you moz yourself. Harrison. It's better just to pick the, your favourite name. Uh, what you're doing is you're punting on the trainers. Yeah. You're not punting on the horses or the jockeys. Oh, jockeys a little bit. It's punting on the trainers. How do you know? where that horse is in its fitness program. It yep. could be a quarter of a way into it. It could be nearly at the end. It could be too tired. It could be just peaking right. Yeah. None of us know. So we're all guessing as to yeah. what the trainer has done. And then you throw someone on board of it 
And then he's got to do what the trainer says, and often they don't do what the trainer says and they get in trouble as a result of it. The whole thing is just a shambles, I reckon, and um, that's why I don't bet on it. Anything else? No, that's about no. it. Are we done? One more thing. So we just need to cover off uh, our going above and beyond. So yes. Oh, going this... above, brought to you by Grimley's. This Go. is easy for me. So you're going above and beyond for the off-season, I guess we could call it. Do you have, do you have one? Yeah, the uh, above and beyond, my wife. Tanya, again. Orpheus Island, the organiser of the trip. Yeah. Uh, she did everything. What, what, what is everything? Well, she went above and beyond. Was she, she on, she on was the going emails? There for, hang on. She was going there for a holiday, but she ended up working. Yeah. And uh, so she went above well, and she beyond. She was like the travel agent, was she? Or? She was the travel agent, made everything, uh, made sure everything arrived on time and uh, everyone got their meals when they were supposed to. And it went off um, like an absolute party. It was yep. a great holiday. So thank you again for taking we us. We tried to get some fireworks over there. We wanted to sort of blast off some fireworks, but they wouldn't let us. Yes, going above and beyond. Brought to you by Grimley's. Go to grimleys.com.au for delivery you can count on. And Willie, our muso, Willie, Willie. J. Yeah, Willie J. He, he flew up and uh, played some uh, tunes for us up there, and yep. he was a big hit with the crowd up there. Willie, Willie J, the musician. Yeah, yeah look him up. Willie, the musician. Well, look him up, Willie J. Willie J Music, I think he's, is yeah. his handle on Instagram. Yeah, yeah, Willie J. Thanks, Willie J, for, for providing the vibes.